Welcome to episode one of What Goes Bump of the Night. I'm Riley Clark, and this is my co-host, Trevor Jensen. First off, we wanted to say thank you to everyone who uh, followed us on Facebook and downloaded our little promo we did for uh, this episode here, uh, episode one of the Campfire Stories. So when I was about 16, 17 years old and I was in high school, my friend's house was what we think is haunted because they decided to tie me to a computer chair one time. No, and man. Yeah, for sure. And they took a bunch of rope and tied my arms to the, like, to the arm parts of it. And they took my feet and then they tried to tie it to the bottom part of the feet. So my hands and feet were all tied up. And then they were like, we're going to put a video camera in your lap. <laughs> and we're going to stick you in the back of this electrical closet, which was in the basement and it was all the way in the so back side like of the house. Michigan basement? No, it was actually like a full furnished like nice basement, but okay. they they had weird things like happen to them as well where they would think like they'd hear a few people walking around upstairs and everybody was asleep and they'd have doors open on them and stuff. Mm. So like already things were kind of weird and I hadn't heard any of this stuff prior to this cuz all of us were already into like the ghost tales and stuff. So I was already skeptical and I was like, "And eh, it's not real. Nothing's going to happen. Like this is all bogus." So they stick me in the back of the closet, all tied up to this chair, and they turn off all the lights, and they stick the camera on my lap, and I'm sitting there, and about five minutes goes by, and I'm sitting in the dark, everything's quiet, nothing's happening, and then the camera, which was actually at full battery, like probably 80%, just turned off. And I was like, hey, you know, the camera turned off, guys, you might want to come check this out. So. There's probably uh, four or five of us there. It was my friend Gideon, um, our friend Luke, myself, Chris, and then his little brother. But his little brother really wasn't hanging out with us. He was just in the basement playing on his Xbox, you know, doing the kid stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, they all come rushing in and flip the lights on. And we're all standing around, you know. They get the camera turned back on and they turn it on me. And, like, we're all laughing and, like... There's actually a video. I don't know if they still have the, like the video of it or like the recorder even, but I was sitting in the chair and it felt like somebody grabbed a hold of my hair and I had long hair and yeah, it felt. I remember you had long hair. Yeah, I would say it's like a, yeah, it was probably about like to my shoulders even almost like I it was ridiculously long, and it felt like somebody grabbed a whole like a whole handful of the back of my hair and just yanked it down. And in the video you can see my head jerk back. And almost to the point to where I almost hit my head on the wall. And like all the color went out of my face and I went so immediately like cold feeling in my body and I started panicking and I started trying to get my arms out of the, the chair and I wiggled so and wiggled. Yeah, and I was I started freaking out and everybody was like looking at me and they're like all laughing still and they're like, What's wrong? And I'm I'm sitting there panicking and I'm like, guys something just pulled my hair and everybody's like no way no way like you're you're totally making this all up is this when you guys found out you had the um, video yeah exactly and then i was like i'm not joking go back and watch it so they flip the the camera back on them and they're looking at it and they like go and record like go back to the the replay and they go back like 50 seconds and they're like your head jerks back and you you were laughing before that they're like you you're not playing right and i was like no i'm not i'm freaking out get me out of this chair right now and as soon as they got me out of that chair 
I went and sat in the front yard. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go back inside right now. I can't. Like, I don't, I can't do it. And then, you know, like, to this day, like, I, I can't explain it. You know, like, they, like, sometimes, like, they were trying to say, like, oh, maybe it was static electricity from, like, the furnace that's back there. And I was like, I know what static electricity on the back of my hair feels like. You know how, like, if you get the, like, the feeling on the, the electricity where it makes your hair stand up from a balloon? Yeah. I was like, there's no, there's no way that's what that was. So, I'm, I, I can't explain it. And I'm still, I still want to see the video again because I know exactly what it felt like and I, I still dream about it because it's, it's one of those things. Well, I, I know it's unexplainable and everything, Trevor, but I'm going to have to ask you about the story a little bit. Um, why did they tie you up? Well, the night before, we were actually watching horror story, or horror movies, actually, and one of the movies we watched was Saw, and while we were watching it, you know, everybody was like, why don't we, like, hunt ghosts? Like, we could do that. And I was like... No, it sounds fun. And yeah, I mean, you see it on TV. It oh look yeah, that hard, right? Oh, it's definitely fun. But back when we were kids, we were kind of mean to each other. <laughs> so we would do things like that all the time: tie each other to chairs or lock each other in closets, just because for fun. So it was just one of those things that we did. Okay, so I mean, you've told me this story before, and uh, I remember you saying something about you guys made like a, a Ouija board or something with some crayons and uh, some type of... Yeah, so actually, right before we took the video of me in the chair and all that crazy stuff happened, we all uh, sat down in the exact same closet and we took connect blocks actually and we made an oculus and then we took just a regular piece of printer paper and we wrote all the the same symbols on, of the Ouija board and made a Ouija board out of crayon and used connect blocks as our hair moving piece. So uh, did you get any responses on that? Is that kind of why you moved to you being tied up in a chair and getting your hair pulled? Well, nothing happened at that exact moment. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure the camera did some weird stuff again like I'm pretty sure they had it plugged in at this point into the wall and I think it did the whole thing where it turned off again too but like at that point I didn't think anybody thought it was weird because we were just like oh he must have hit a button or it was just it was acting up at that point too so uh did you ever have any other experiences at this house at all with with your friends you guys do this stuff like again after you got your hair pulled well, I was pretty skeptical up until that point until I got my hair pulled, but after that happened, I started, I don't know, I, I had a very eerie sinking feeling every time I entered the house. And I want to say it was maybe a month or so, a couple months after, we were sitting in the basement watching another movie, and the basement actually had a door that went outside, and it, was, it walked right off into a patio that was underneath his deck. But the door itself had a heavy latch, so if you were to shut it, it would latch tight, and then you would have to actually pull the handle all the way down and then pop it open. So we're all sitting facing the TV, and we hear the door pop, and we look back, and the door is slowly opening. Not like, 
if the wind would have caught it and it wasn't shut and it just blew open, it was like somebody turned the handle and then slowly pushed it. So it was just a really nice, easy, like sliding open. And it was. So this door opened by itself. Yeah, and it really wasn't a windy night. And we all of us kind of turned around and looked at it and looked at each other. And nobody said a word. We just kind of all just shifted a little bit. And I think Chris got up and went and shut it. And we all just sat back down and went back to what we were doing. Didn't say another word about it. So everyone was quick to just dismiss it and not talk about it. I don't know if it was like a dismissal, but it was uh it was enough to like shake everybody because it was it was one of those things where it was like I can't explain why it opened and it was it was scary like I think everybody was was a little shook from it so nobody really wanted to talk about it. You know that's crazy. Oh, that's yeah. a crazy story. So now you know what happened to me a little bit. What happened to you, Riley? I want to know. So we lived in this house on Green Street, and at this house, a lot of weird things would happen. Uh, lights would go on and off. Um, you would see sometimes shadows on the walls even. Um, they would just go up and down the walls. This, this house had long hallways um, and not very many windows in the hallways too, so it was always kind of shadowy and these shadows would stick out from these walls. Um, we all seen them too. Like We've all talked about how we've seen them too. Um, and then I used to have this weird experience that happened over and over and over again. This is like a reoccurring thing that happened all the time. Um, so I would be downstairs in the basement. It was a pretty open area, pretty big basement area. Not too much in it because my, my dad had an archery range set up down there and then in between where the targets were and where you'd stand, um, I would play like hockey and stuff. So it was, it was a pretty big area, um, but I would hear someone run down these stairs and then the door to the basement would slam shut really loud and echo through the whole basement. So when you would hear the door slam and these footsteps come down the stairs, how did it make you feel? Were you scared or were, was it like a hateful feeling or what'd you feel? Oh, definitely scared. I mean, I was just, like maybe 11 or 12 when these things started happening um we couldn't really explain them back then when i was that young but uh not too much longer in my life i started watching ghost adventures type shows and the ghost hunters so i kind of started realizing you know that maybe we're not actually alone out here and so after having these experiences would you say it turned you into a believer and believing in more of the paranormal or would you say you're still skeptical about all of it I mean I'm definitely more of a believer now than when I was a little kid um, even since then I've had other experiences like at my parents house this one time I came home from work um, it was just me and my dog Trevor hanging out in the yeah his name is Trevor <laughs> um, just hanging out in the living room where he was sitting on my lap and I was just petting him um, telling him he's a good old boy and you know and all of a sudden I hear an old person's voice yell I, I don't know what it was it was inaudible like it was just definitely an elderly man yelling something um, and then I heard a female elderly woman's voice like respond answering. back. Yeah, respond back to him. And it happened two more times. And even Trevor was like looking down the hallway 
to see what it was. And then I even went in. I'm like, oh, well, that's probably just my parents' TV in their room on her. The TV in Melanie and Austin's bedroom on. And I went and I checked it out. And there was no one back there. So you were the no only one, was one back in the there. House. None of the TVs were on. I was the only one home. I already knew that. You know, it was just me and Trevor. It was quiet in the house. Not a mouse was stirring. So this is the the current house that your parents live at that you go back to on occasion. Oh yeah, right? I've I've had some weird things happen there, and I think you've had some weird experience there. Yeah, too. I'll just say now that like we got this out of the way. Uh, there's been a few times where I've been in that basement and uh, I would sleep on the couch down there and you know you get up in the middle of the night and you would think there would be somebody else sleeping down there with you and you'd get up to use the bathroom and it would just I don't know it had the, the feeling that you were being watched getting up and walking through the basement and I can distinctly remember that it was my birthday and I drank a little more than I should have that night <laughs> and I ended up sleeping basically on the bathroom floor all day but I was almost certain that when I woke up and it was probably about 7 a.m. that somebody was downstairs walking around cleaning up because I could hear somebody shuffling around and moving stuff around and when I got up and went back out to the couch I noticed nobody was downstairs that the door to the, the bedroom that's in that basement was completely empty and that nobody was down there so I walked upstairs and every single person in the house was completely dead asleep in their bedrooms and on the couches upstairs and I was basically traumatized because I was still nursing a hangover and I was scared for my life <laughs> yeah I bet dude uh, the weirdest thing that has happened to me there is me and Crouch uh, he'll probably be on the show at one point to talk about this with us as well uh, but we were outside smoking a cigarette in the driveway and I was facing the kitchen window I think yeah you were there weren't you yeah I was there yeah I remember this too I now. totally remember kind of remember that yeah <laughs> but I was looking at the kitchen window like I said and all of a sudden uh, looked like a person was standing in the doorway in the like, kitchen like the window that's on the side so like in the doorway in between where the basement and where the living room and the little breezeway is and I literally lost it I was like holy shit dude like I just saw someone standing in the house and it, there's no one there there's no one there we're outside we're the only ones here this is not right yeah, I, I distinctly remember you jumping up and, like, like flipping out, too, because you looked back at me and Alex, and you were like, dude, there's somebody in my house. And we were like, what? We're the only ones here. What are you talking about? And you're like, no, dude, somebody is standing in the kitchen right now. And we literally all threw our cigarettes on the ground and ran inside as fast as we could take it. So this story actually happened to my dad when he went and stayed with my uncle Mike actually when my uncle Mike was dating this girl and they lived in oh man I don't even know where the house is anymore I'm pretty sure it got demolished by now because of all the activity that had happened to him so before my okay, dad so even no, they tore this house down because so much stuff was going on yeah actually like at, like at the end of the story like it'll make sense why they tore it down so before my dad even stayed there my uncle Mike, um, 
he would tell them, you know, they have this, this stuffed frog that was, it was like the size of a body pillow. So it wasn't like a small little plush toy. Like the, like the sloth I got? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like that for your birthday. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it was, it was probably like about the size of like a midsection of a torso of a human being, like a person, like maybe like a small dog. And no matter where they put this frog in this house, it would always end up in their living room. You could put it in the bedroom, sitting next to the the bed, and it would always end up sitting in the middle of the living room. Did they have pets that could have moved out there all the time? Now, this is where the story gets kind of sad. So, my uncle did have a dog at the time, but it was uh, around Christmas time, and it had snowed pretty heavily, and they had locked the house up. Every window was shut because it was the middle of the winter and they were heating the house and all the doors were locked and they went out shopping and went and got some lunch to do some Christmas shopping, you know. And when they came home, they found that the dog was dead in the, dr in, in the middle of the road. And when they like inspected the house, that they realized that none of the doors were unlocked, none of the windows were open and there was no tracks to be like seen going from the house to where the dog was. And they, they couldn't figure out how the dog had gotten out. So that was just one of the really like sad things that happened. And that wasn't even the craziest. So my dad decided, you know, I'm the no bullshit kind of guy. I'm gonna go check it out for myself. So him and my mom went and stayed the night there. And my dad said it was about the middle of the night, probably like, Two, three o'clock in the morning he woke up and uh, he said it, it sounded like somebody was walking up the stairs because I'm pretty sure the house was uh, two bed like a two-floor house and it was like bedrooms around the second floor and the main floor was like dining room living room and then probably bathroom and he said that it, it was like heavy footsteps coming up and it woke him up out of a dead sleep my dad really isn't a heavy sleeper to begin with so I, I don't doubt that and he said he got up and when he went to go, you know, check to see what it was, he said he made it to the, the doorway and then he heard all the faucets turn on. And he was like, oh, somebody must be awake using the bathroom yeah, just like, right yeah, just like I'm about to go use the bathroom, you know. So he starts heading his way down the hallway upstairs and he gets to about two feet away from the doorway and he realizes all the cabinets are open the medicine cabinet's wide open, the faucets are still on, all the lights are on, and the shower curtain's closed. But he starts getting this weird feeling, and he goes, okay, why don't I see anybody? And that, at that point, he starts, he starts thinking, ah, okay, maybe I'll go check on you know, like my Uncle Mike, his brother, and his girlfriend at the time. So he peeks his head into their room, and there is sound asleep completely zonked out, snoring, like just putting logs away, you know, lumberjacks. <laughs> and this is where he starts panicking. He's like, okay, like what's going on? And he said he walked in the bathroom and my dad has never really been one to be scared of anything. Like he's never shown me fear in my, in a day in my life, in my 24 years on this earth. I haven't seen my dad scared of anything. And the look in his eye when he told me a story was like something was different about it. So he said he he grabbed the shower curtain after he turned off all the faucets and shut everything and he said the pit in his stomach was unreal like he, he said he could have caught the tension with a knife like the air was so thick and he was like 
I was praying when I opened the shower that nobody was standing there. But at the same time, I was almost hoping to see something. So when he pulled the shower curtain back, nothing. Nobody's in there and he's like, what is going on? I can't explain this right now. So he slowly makes his way back to his room. When he gets to the room, he looks out the window and the moonlight had shined, shined in pretty good throughout the whole night. And you know, it's like usually on a winter night, especially in Michigan, it's pretty, it's pretty bright out usually. Like it's, if you have a clear night, it looks, you can see pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. And he said the entire window had been covered in black flies. Now, for one thing, you're not gonna see black flies in the middle of winter. Not, not around here. And at that point, he was like, this isn't right, something's wrong. So he immediately just laid in bed and just went back to sleep and did his best to forget about it. And the next day, they left and my uncle talked to him about it and he said that was probably the scariest experience of his life and that's not even like the end of it so in this house they actually had what was what we'd call a summer room which it's a big room that's pretty much all glass and screens and it it was uh this the dude that owned the house before my uncle he was an older guy and he loved that room. He would heat it all winter long, 80 degrees. And, you know, it was, it, that was his thing. He would just go out there, you know, like read books, you know, and hang out out there. Well, he ended up dying out there in that exact room. And then my, um, my uncle bought it. And because it's kind of expensive to heat rooms like that in the, in the winter time, because they're not insulated very well, he just wouldn't heat it that room would stay at 80 degrees at the exact temperature that that old man that had owned it before him had kept it at. No matter what, he said he blocked the heater vent so that no heat would go out there so he didn't have to pay for it. And it would stay at 80 degrees. You could walk out there in shorts and a t-shirt and be comfortable. That's crazy. And they said that one night, I don't know exactly like the the date or like around what what part of the year this was but their um their neighbors across the road they had a, a small kid and he uh he had a tricycle that he left out in their front yard in their neighbor's front yard right across the road from them and one morning when my uncle mike walked up or woke up it was on a weekend he said and he walked downstairs to go you know like get like get up and do the day and go have breakfast and stuff and he walked into the living room and that tricycle was sitting in their living room. So he said, I, I don't know why. I don't think that kid would just bring that tricycle over and stick it in our living room in the middle of the night. You know, and it was just like weird things like that would happen. But then the, the last straw was my uncle was in the basement of the house and he was um, down there I think there was a laundry room and he would do his laundry down there and he said he went down there and in in the back part of it it was like a Michigan cellar so how halfway up the wall it's like carved out and it's just like a crawl space almost that's like yeah. right underneath the house and he said he looked back in there and he saw two glowing red eyes looking back at him and that, at that point he was like I can put up with all this stuff that's going on and all the stuff moving around but 
I'm pretty freaked out now. And they they put the house up for sale, and the a couple bought it actually, and I don't think they lasted a week in the house. They ended up like getting in contact with my uncle and his girlfriend and saying, "We don't want the house. It's haunted." And they ended up like re like going off of their like the bid to buy it and we're like we're not taking this house and you can actually do that <laughs> wow yeah and to this day my dad tells the story and he he freaks out when he says it because he he's like i said he's not he's not one to really believe in stuff like that but he could not explain it and it i i got chills from it but unfortunately he's he thinks that they tore the house down shortly after because nobody wanted it and all the stuff that was happening so kind of glad you worked us into some type of legend here i mean that house kind of has some crazy stories behind it and now it's gone it's not even there but this kind of leads us into my next story uh the legend of ada witch so i did a little research into the ada witch and there's actually two stories that surround it and one is that in the 19th century there was a woman that was actually going out on her husband and one night her husband stayed up and feigned sleep and waited for her to leave the house so once she she left and crept out he decided to follow her and when he found her his uh his wife in the arms of another man he went into a pure rage mode and ended up murdering his wife and then getting into a a, let's call it a death struggle with this other man and they both actually died from their ensuing wounds and the legend is that if you go to it's the Findlay Cemetery out in yeah, Ada that's where I went yeah they say that if you go and you um, you catch it on a good night you can actually hear the sounds of them still fighting or you'll actually see her out in the middle of the road asking for help yeah what what we saw um, it was me and several friends uh, obviously, we had heard about the, the legend, and we all went out there, and we sat in a circle at what is allegedly her grave. It's just a shambles now because people have been visiting it for so long and talking about it for so long. Um, but we're sitting there asking questions, like trying to see if she'll give us her name, um, if, you know, the tombstone is actually hers, is the legend true? Um why'd you cheat on your husband you know asking her to answer all these questions and all of a sudden out of the the corner of my eye and someone else's was sitting in the direction that it was happening mm -hmm. and i was kind of sitting to the right of them a little bit um so it was happening to my right um but like where i couldn't really see that well um but all of a sudden we saw this light walking through the graveyard and kind of kind of looked like there may have been a silhouette of someone but it was really hard to tell because it was just this light and it looked like an old school lantern like way like old school with like like a candle like a candle like cast iron lantern and like carrying it through the grave graveyard and as soon as I saw it, I got up and I ran after it. Because the last thing I want is someone out there messing with me. Yeah, or, or like with a flashlight. Right, yeah. You know, because, like, people go out there and they mess with people and they try to freak people out. And I wasn't about to get freaked out because it was me and my hockey buddies. Yeah, like, you weren't about to get punked. No, yeah, we're not boys. about to get punked. No, yeah, the boys aren't getting punked. And 
We tried to find it, and there was no one there. And it was, like, late. It was, like, late. So, this um, tombstone, actually, it's it segues into the, the actual part of the second part of the myth, where the legend says that Sarah McMillan was a woman who passed away of typhoid fever back in 1870, and that is said to be her, her headstone. Uh, she actually could also be the Ada Witch. Yeah, well, going back, like, what happened, me and my, my friend Josh, we went back the next day and tried to see if something would happen again, and something did. So we were there asking questions again, and I, I kind of remember something being thrown at us. Not sure what it was, if it was a stick or if it was a little stone or a pebble or something, but something was kind of thrown in our direction. It was really weird. And then the weirdest thing that happened was we heard the sound of cast iron going clang on each other. Almost like if you were uh, if you were back in the old days, like doing like um, horse hoofs, like you know, like molding horse hoofs. No, no, more like a water well pump. Oh, okay, I know. And that's exactly like. what we heard. After we heard it, we tried to debunk it because it happened twice. We asked it to do it again if that was someone with us and some they dropped it twice but at this point we didn't know what it was we hadn't figured it out so my friend Josh sat where we were sitting and I went and I started looking around to see what it was like I'm um, trying to be respectful of the graves too you know of course um, but I ended up finding a little pump like a water like, yeah. water spout like an old one that's been there forever so that like people could put water on their flowers before they put them down on the grave or like watered the flowers yeah. while they were there but it was old and it didn't work that well and it I did it twice and he was like dude that's it that's the sound it made. yeah he's like dude that's exactly what we heard and I'll never forget that that was wild um didn't you have something happen to you at a, a cemetery as well a mouse cemetery yeah actually um the cemetery on Montague, Mouth Cemetery, where it's actually supposed to be uh, pretty pretty big for Indian burial, where there's a lot of unmarked graves or just like headstones that you can't tell the dates because they're so old. And there's actually like an old wives' tale where the water fa the water faucet that they have there actually, um, it said if you drink some of the water out of it that you're supposed to be cursed, <laughs> and I I didn't believe it, so I decided to go, you know, like, walk around here with all my friends one night, and, you know, we roll up through a really dark back road, like, trees on That's either side. That's what it's side. like to get to... To the Ada one? Yeah, to the oh, Ada yeah. one. It's a long dirt road, and you gotta kind of know how to get there. Yeah, and I, I had no clue where I was going. I was I was along for the ride at this point this night, and... You know, we're, we're driving up this long dirt road, and it's it's super dark. You know, there's clouds out tonight, and uh, I, I can't really see everything really good. You know, all we have are our flashlights on our phones, so we're walking around, you know, and I'm, I'm just all spooked out already because I'm like, oh, boy, like, you know, like we're in a cemetery, and, like, anything could happen, or, like, if some cops roll up, you know, we'll get in trouble. So I'm already all paranoid, but I'm still driving to have a good time and, you know, and enjoy it and, like, check everything out because you know what are you going to do at a cemetery in the middle of the night so 
I decide to play with the faucet and see if the old wives' tale is true. And you know, I take a, I take the faucet and I start pumping it and I try to get some water to come out. And I'm doing it for a while and nothing's happening and nothing's happening. And all of a sudden, it squirts out of the water and I'm like, I'm like, huh? You know, that's funny. I don't really think I want to drink this though. You know, and probably another like half an hour goes by. We're walking around. You know, nobody hears anything or whatnot. You know, we're all starting to head back to the car and I'm like, man, my back feels kind of weird. Like, I feel, it feels itchy, so, you know, I was like, I wonder if I got a bug bite. So I was like, hey, I'm going to pull my shirt up. Can you guys itch my back for me or, like, make sure I didn't get bit by a spider or something? Because, you know, I, I hate bugs anyway, so I was like, crap. You know, I, I hope I didn't get ate alive. So when I pulled my shirt up and I showed everyone, they were like, uh, did you, uh, did you have a takedown the night before, bud? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> they were like, you got three scratch marks down the middle of your back. And I'm going... No, I don't. What are you talking about? They're like, you have three long scratch marks and your skin's raised up. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, you're kidding. Like, no way. But, no, like, I felt on my back and there was three, like, like bumps that were probably, like, about two inches long down the middle of my back, right around my spine. And I, I would say I had some bad luck after that for a little while, too. And it, it was, like... I don't know if I would say, you know, it's it's a coincidence or but it was it was pretty weird that after I had played with that faucet, you know, and think nothing happens, all of a sudden you, you feel your back and you're like, Whoa, that wasn't there before. And not only that, actually where I currently work, um, the first time we moved into the building, um, I found out that it's um it's an old an old warehouse and it was Michigan Coil before it was abandoned for a while, and then Kenny Lane, the famous Muskegon boxer, actually had a, a gym upstairs in it, and then that ended up folding, and nothing was in there for a while, and now my boss um, and I ended up buying the building, and now we're moving all of our equipment in there. And it's uh, it's pretty much just a long warehouse with tons of empty rooms. It's really dark. It's actually falling apart. There's rain water coming through every part of the building like it's cold as hell in there because nothing's insulated it's just it's falling apart but nonetheless it's a building i still like it because it's where i call work and it's where i go every day and it's you know it's growing on me but the first week we were in there i was walking through the front part of the building going through and locking every door and i had my phone on and it was on the flashlight and i was walking through and I, I had this weird feeling like there was somebody else watching me, but I knew I was the only person in there. And there's not really any lights that worked, and it was just like water dropping, and it was just an eerie, eerie sound every time you hit a corner, and you're like, all right, what's going to pop out and, and get at me this time? So my phone's on, it's at 40%, and I have a flashlight going, all of a sudden it just cuts off, and it just turns right off. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's really fun. Like, haha, like, my phone's just doing dumb stuff. Well, about three or four months after that I've been in the building a while you know and I still have that eerie feeling like somebody is watching me everywhere I go and um, one of my good friends who used to work for my boss actually comes in and does work for us as well he was uh, running through the building and he also has has had experiences in there where he's like I felt like somebody was watching me too and he was messing with me and he was jumping through through doors and like trying to jump out and he uh, turned one of the corners and I didn't see where he went and I was like 
oh boy, he's gonna jump out at me, I'm about to freak out, and I was like, ha, I know it's coming. And I thought I heard somebody move in the room next to me while I was going in the hallway, and I like looked in there, and nobody was in there, and I was like, whoa, what the hell, like, and then all of a sudden he jumped out in front of me, and I was like, dude, I literally just like moved away from that room and like talked into that room because I thought you were in there and you came out of a completely different place and that's pretty much everything that happened there but man like I don't know it's like things happen at a bunch of different places and I can't explain it that's all we have for this episode of the campfire stories on what goes bump in the night we really appreciate the uh, support that we received online um, with everyone liking our Facebook page, commenting on our stuff, letting us know that they had an experience they wanted to share uh, with the community that we're trying to bring together here. Yeah, we really can't thank you all enough. Um, shout out to Podbean for supporting our podcast as well. And shout out to all of you guys. The, uh, the support we're getting is unreal, man. I can't thank everybody enough for all the kind words we've gotten. And, you know, just... Keep on keeping on, you guys. We love you. So that concludes our first episode of the Campfire Stories. And remember to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes bump in the night.